Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Mark Kelly. He'll be sitting in for Matt Watson today. Hello, Mark. Hello, Matt. First off, thanks for joining me. Great to be here. Yeah, I'm going to get a couple things out of the way, and then I'll introduce you, tell people what you do. And Perfect. Is today your birthday? <laughs> we didn't talk about this, but yes, it yeah, is. Yes, yeah, it that's is. right. The Facebook told me that. Happy birthday, Mark. Thank you. From one old guy to another. That's right. I might be a little bit older than you. Maybe. But. You look younger than me, so feel good about that. We'll do. Uh, before we get started, today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io. We can help you build a software development team quickly and affordably. However, that is not what we're going to talk about today. Today's topic is something that I love, and then there's a little twist to that, which is going to be a little different. We're going to talk about fractional services today and fractional marketing more specifically. Uh, and once again with me today, I've got Mark Kelly, who is the CEO of the Marketing Advisors Group. Now, you know I like it when you're interactive, so go to the mag dot co as in the mag dot co so you can see all about what we're talking about it's like a picture book right mark that's right so um why don't, i'm going to give you the mic for a second why don't you give us a little background about what you guys do at marketing advisors group and maybe a, a little background on what fractional services even are sure absolutely so we started the marketing advisors group about 2015. And the goal of the of the organization is really to, as, as I uh, as I like to say off the cuff, I'll, I'll make it public here. I, I'm trying to help companies make marketing suck less. Okay, sure. Because, that's because, fair. Yeah. You know, everybody, everybody generally tries to do marketing and they try to do it well, but ultimately it never achieves the goal of what we're trying to accomplish. And so we, we set out to really try and bring some order, bring some uh, some some structure to how people go about marketing and and really focus on what I call the business side of marketing, not the creative side. So we work with creative agencies and creative partners, but really try to help companies grow their business from a marketing and sales perspective. Sure. And now let's talk about fractional services, though, because yep. this is something that a lot of people are familiar with and a lot of people aren't. With fractional services, I can hire guys like you to be my maybe be my pseudo CMO correct without having to take on the full-time expense of that right that's a hundred percent of the value prop absolutely you know in, locally in Kansas City one of the one of the key uh, roles fractional roles that people have heard about is really around a CFO right somebody yep. who comes in does your books helps you bring bring your business forward and keep yourself in, in line with the government and everything you do from an accounting standpoint fractional CMO services are really when I started this in 2015, weren't around. People did not understand it. And so you're exactly right. The value proposition is I can give you marketing experience. I can help you move your business forward and you do not have to hire me full time. We can make this thing work for the, for the price of hiring somebody right out of school. So the, I mean, this is the equivalent of being able to get the best pie in the pie cooler, but you only have to buy a slice of it. That's exactly right. Which isn't always the case because in some places you have to buy the whole pie, which is more expensive and not every startup or business can afford that or definitely needs it. Now, right. much like you said, fractional services were 
um, are pretty common for CFO mm-hmm. type stuff. And, and with the CFO, you know, chief financial officer, I mean, that is something that a lot of early stage businesses don't have this massive need for a full-time person and that that also can be an expensive employee. Correct. Because there's certain parts of financial administration per se that require some credentials or at least they're helpful, Mm -hmm. which drive up the cost a little bit. Um, You know, a a lot of times people don't have fractional COOs because operations is usually a much more engaged and full-time thing. For sure. I think it'd be difficult actually to be a fractional COO. Yeah. To I just agree, come I in agree. like 10 hours a week or five hours a week or whatever <laughs> right. and be like, this is all the stuff we're not doing right. And you're like, um, <laughs> is part of that you not being here? Yeah, it might be. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, so, exactly. and I'll give you an example at, uh, at full scale. Um, we actually, our COO is our CFO mm-hmm. and it's kind of a dual role, but, um, you know, Daryl, for those of you that have heard him on the podcast before, has a degree in finance mm-hmm. and from a top 10 business school and is very qualified. Now, he's not an accountant, but he brings a lot of the qualities mm-hmm. and different stuff. So I kind of have a fractional. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, set up in a way. So, well, and that's kind of the the nature of the business, right? When you're starting out as smaller companies, you have to kind of play multiple roles and wear multiple hats. Correct. And so that's, that's typically the role of where marketing falls out too, is it's either led by the CEO or it's led by the the chief revenue officer, the chief sales person, you know, in the company. And it's done as a, well, they do good work and they try to make, you know, things happen. Sometimes you need somebody who is completely detached and can look at this with a very sure. clear prism and say, hey, you know what, here's some other things we could be doing that can help you accelerate what you're trying to get done. Yeah. And that, I mean, that fresh set of eyes goes a long way. So like you mentioned, and then also just, I mean, somewhat some expertise. Um, I would rather pay more to have someone that really knew what they were doing, spend less time mm-hmm. directing other people that weren't paid in that tier. Right. Right. And that's, I mean, that's a big thing. And so, you know, sometimes um, it's funny cause you don't, most people don't think of it this way, but your attorney no, is I'm, a fractional oh, yeah. legal helper. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Hopefully. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> that, right. But it's a good example. And people are like, well, my attorney's really expensive. Well, here's the thing that dude or, or lady can tell you, I mean, it might be like freaking 500 bucks an hour because off you're not paying for that hour. You're paying for all of the experience, understanding, and wisdom that that person has gained up until your hour. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it is, you know, another way to look at it too, is if that person is getting done in an hour, what somebody who charges a hundred dollars an hour takes 10 hours, you know, it, it, it's to your point, it is the experience, right? And it's the acceleration and it's the time to get things done. Okay. By the way, it's funny. I was like, I just took one of my headphones off. I'm like, what do I hear in the background? They are kind enough to continue doing construction outside our studio. I I was like, is that just me or is it? Now, the other day I did actually go out and bribe the jackhammer operator to take a break. (laughs) I bribed him with kindness. That's good. Basically. Okay. So when it comes to marketing stuff and, you know, I love talking about sales and marketing. One of the things that I run into a lot, and you and I acknowledge this prior to getting started, is that a lot of startups, well, they get they get real product centric. Mm-hmm. And all they do is like build software or build something else. And then all of a sudden, they find themselves in the situation where they need to validate what it is that they're doing. Mm-hmm. 
or they're going to run out of money. Yep. And nothing, in my opinion, speaks loud. It gives you a louder validation than sales. That's correct. And nothing gets investors more excited than sales. That's right. So based on the information I just laid out that says that on a basic level, we are often misguided in our efforts mm -hmm. as startups. Absolutely. Is that fair? Uh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And, I, and you're exactly right. You know, uh, the folks who are, are in the middle of their startup and in the middle of their growth cycle, they, they know what they do very well, right? They are, they are very connected to their product. They, they're, they understand the problem they're trying to solve. And, you know, when it comes to sales, they, they tend to think of marketing and sales. Well, I wouldn't say they tend. I said, you know, I've seen it where they think of marketing and sales as this linear kind of progression right? It is like, I need my product ready for an MVP or I need to get a version one or an alpha out the door. And now I need to start marketing it. Now I need to start selling it. And it really needs to be, as you're building it, marketing and sales need to be thought of in the front end. Yeah, I agree. You know, and some of it too, it's like simple stuff like a website or content marketing. Mm -hmm. And some of these things aren't like a fast turnaround. I'm a big content marketer Yeah, and it takes time. Well, and you know, to your point, the Marketing and sales operate on different horizons, yeah. right? Marketing is more of a long game that you have to kind of move the ship, whereas sales is quick. You know, we're trying to move things. We're trying to get results. We're trying to activate this thing fast. I actually don't like putting sales and marketing, bundling them together like that because they're different. They are completely and, different. you know, like they, they, yes, they are closely related, but they are different. Mm -hmm. Like what you're don't assume that a great salesperson knows anything about marketing. Right. Right. I mean, it, it, it's often they do, but you're not going to necessarily get a two for one. And don't assume that someone that's a great marketer knows how to close a sale. That's exactly right. I mean, it's the difference between someone who's good at getting attention and someone who's good at making deposits. Right. Yep. That, that's exactly two different right. things. Two different yeah, things. They are. And, and they're, and, and you know, from a marketing standpoint, the, the, the problem and the great thing about marketing is that it is very, there's a very low barrier to entry. Anybody who has ever applied for and gotten a job has marketed themselves. Yeah, right? true. Right. And so your ability to, to position something and to activate it and to convert it into a, a result, everybody's done it right to some degree. And so therefore, a lot of times everybody thinks they can do it. Yeah. Just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. Well, I was going to say that um, if you're trying, you're taking a, you're taking kind of a risky gamble. If you have no experience with sales or sales or marketing, to think that you're just going to figure it out, yeah. Um, why is that a risky gamble? Because if you get it wrong, you're going to the whole business is going to fail. That's, um, that's right, and it's money, yeah. and, and that's that's money, right? Because it it does, and and the and the challenge is that most people think of sales and marketing as an expense. But it really should be an investment, right? You know, right. It, it, there and, should be a return. And there's on different it. ways to approach that. So first, I mean, we got to have a plan. The plan is the most important thing. You know, one of the the things that you see in marketing is there's so many gurus and there's so many experts, and they'll tell you here's the seven things you need to be doing for your startup marketing. And the problem is they're all tactics. They're all tactics, and there's so many people doing so many tactics. Going back to the the idea that it's easy to enter this market, that it becomes noise. And sure. without a plan, you have no idea, and you're not being deliberate, and you don't have a, an idea if you're actually 
making it to your destination. So in my opinion, the first part of your plan should be to get your brand messaging straight. Absolutely. I mean, like there's no point in like you can drive, driving traffic can occur a number of different ways. Mm -hmm. I mean, really that's why Google is so valuable because if you want, you can pay for position. You can drive a whole lot of traffic. Yeah. But if that traffic gets there and you don't know what to do with it, or there's any confusion in your messaging and whatever. And I think people are really terrible at this. And when I say people, I mean, startups and business, and then the people that operate them are often not good. Um, Your brand messaging should be simple. Yeah, it should. And I think, you know, it's kind of that point. One of the, one of the ways I look at brand is there, there are different customers of the brand. You know, many, many times people think of your brand as the people who will write you checks. And that is absolutely correct. That is, that is somebody you need to be thinking about. But there's also people who work for your company. They have an interaction with your brand, right? Your brand goes beyond your logo. You have your investors, potential investors who are looking at your brand. You have your community that you operate in. You have the industry you operate in. You have all these different associations that you, you work with. Every one of those different entities and people has some kind of perception of what your brand is about. And you have to think about those different customers, especially as you grow. And and it depends on where you are in your life cycle, right? Because what you're doing day one of your startup is different than what you're doing day, you know, 600 of your startup to day, you know, 10th year of your, of your company, right? You're addressing different people in different ways. And if you over-invest in one area, that means you're under-investing in another area and you're, you're creating an imbalance in, in what's going on. Yeah. And, you know, I actually want to go back to that message real quick, because for those listening, I think the biggest mistake that that people make with this is that they get they start uh, orbiting around their features Mm -hmm. and not the benefits. People don't buy your features, people. They buy the benefits. What does this do for me? And Mm -hmm. I always joke around. I I ask people, I'm like, do you know the world? Do you know what the Mark? Do you know what the world's most popular radio station is? Most popular radio station? Yes. Uh, don't answer because it's a trick question. I don't it's know. W I I F M. Okay. Everyone's tuned into what's in it for me. Absolutely. And that's a benefit statement. Just tell people what's up. Like, you know, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Like, okay. You look at full scale, for example, we help you build software teams quickly and affordably. Mm-hmm. That's my brand message. It's one sentence. Yeah. That's about as short as I've gotten it down. Mm-hmm. Because it really is the benefit we offer. Can we help you do it quickly? Can we help you do it affordably? Yep. And, you know, where I wouldn't be able to be as successful with that brand messenger, messaging would be find programmers. Right. Yep. Like, that's a shitty message. It's <laughs> like, okay, and then? Find them faster. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, if there's an obvious and then at the end of your brand message and your statement, Go back and revisit it. Keep mm-hmm. it short. Like, and then also I like to to play what I call is the flashcard rule. Mm-hmm. And this is the same for scrolling. If I don't know what you do within three seconds, you're still not getting it right. Yeah. I agree. I agree. You're lucky if you get three seconds sometimes. That's the way I look at it too. Yeah. You know, it, whether it be an email, you know, broadcast you're putting out there, you have yeah. three seconds to hook them. And then, yeah, and that's the flashcard effect. Absolutely. Like if I turn this flashcard around for three seconds. So do the same thing. Look at your own site, look at your message, look at your materials, any of that. And this is part of your plan. Cause if you skip over this and you don't get this right, you are going to pay more mm-hmm. for everything else. Cause it's not going to be as effective. It's not going to resound. It's not going to make sense. And remember it's simple. And I think in the end, as you know, are you helping me save money 
Are you helping me make, sell more, spend less, or maybe do both? Mm-hmm. Past that, are you giving me peace of mind? Absolutely. Maybe doing something that people buy things based on status. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then really in the end, like don't also don't undervalue the peace of mind. Absolutely. You yeah. know, Tr- like, and trust is a hard thing to get. Right? Save time. It, yep. Sell more. Say, by the way, if you just blindly just put sell more, spend less <laughs> as your brand <laughs> message, regardless mm-hmm. of what you do, you'll probably do better than what you might otherwise think. think right. Yep. Okay. So, <clears throat> so just to recap there, it is important to actually stop and sell something at some point. It, it's always important to stop and sell oh, something. That's like all I do all day. Yep. So, um, you mentioned earlier before we recorded that having a better intention around what you want to do. So like, what are some, th- what expand on that for me a little bit? Yeah. So I, I'm a big metaphor guy and you know, two, two that come to mind, uh, when you, if you were going on a, on a cross country car trip, Matt. Yeah. You know, and so when you go going, unfortunately, when, well, yeah, yeah. Right, right. It, everybody has different perspectives on that. Right. But when you started out, you know, you probably had a destination in mind and you probably had a timeline of when you wanted to, to get there. Right. The same holds true for your business and what you're trying to do from a marketing standpoint. So many times we just tend to get in the car and start driving. And then when we don't make it to this artificial destination, we get frustrated and say marketing doesn't work. Yeah. Well, all you've been doing is just doing tactics and you really haven't put together the plan. Give an example of a tactic. So a tactic would be, I need to do more social media. I need to do more content. I need to create a one pager. I need to do a webinar, you know, things that are actions, things that, um, many people do and they know that they can get good results. And there's from. no real intent behind that. I there's get it. there's yep. no intent and there's no journey, right? There's no, if you think going back to brand, every person <clears> who interacts with your brand is on a journey with your brand. And so if you would, if, if one of your goals is to get people to buy your product, then what is their experience? How are they going to interact with it? How are they going to be aware that you exist? How are they going to be aware that you fixed a problem? How are they going to be aware that, that they need to fix their problem now? And then what causes them to do that? Right. That, yeah, I, re- that, I refer to this as the sales equation. Mm-hmm. So the tactic is only one side of the equal sign. Absolutely. You say you mentioned like do more social media to build a to build a brand following. Right. Like I know that that might seem pretty simplistic, but have that intent. Complete both sides. Like you know, um, engage C. Uh, uh, try CPC Google ads mm-hmm. and, you know, and, or, and the other, your intent might be to drive people to specific landing pages to get more signups, like know what you're actually trying to do, not just have a blind method of doing it. By the right. way, the, the, uh, the tactics you mentioned, there are literally infinity. Yes. Yes. On that list. There, there is. And there's everybody and it's yeah. just being, you're being flooded with it every day. Yeah. And everyone's like, they want to make it real easy. They're like, blah, 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 blah. And then you'll have 10 million followers. And yeah. Just like me. Guess what? It's harder than that. Right. And, and it's actually a lot. Well, and you think about followers, right? I mean, it is important to increase your follower base if you know what you're going to <clears throat> do with that. Right. right. And and then there's some things too. You have, I think you have to be very realistic. Um, some things just aren't an easy follow. That's like, right. I don't really try to build my social media following for full scale. Mm-hmm. 
it's a freaking software development company. It's not polarizing in that regard. People yeah. aren't like, wow, what clever meme are you going to post today, Matt? No, we <laughs> save that for those of you that follow the at Startup Hustle podcast on but, Instagram, but which, the, by the way, is followable on that regard. Who's the guest? What's the topic? These kind of things are easy to follow. So trying to get, you know, the to squeeze the proverbial blood out of a turnip. Mm-hmm. So like, that's not like my intention with the full scale social media is to, you know, we make a few tips and posts in there, but it's not, I don't put the same kind of heat behind it that I do with other stuff. Well, part of it is you understand your base, right? You understand your customer base and you know what they are interested in. They've given you that feedback. Mm -hmm. And so you provide that to them, right? And so, and that's, that's again, rolls up to your brand and understanding how they interact with your brand. Well, a different example of that is at full scale, we are big on content marketing when it comes to blogging. Mm-hmm. So we create value added articles that offer tips and suggestions on how to do X, Y, Z. Yeah. And you, you probably have a very yeah. intent measurement around that and you understand what the conversion rates look like and how that, how that translates into sales ultimately. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And it's, but now some of that in your plan, now there's three words that I love when it comes to marketing, test, test, test. Yep. Now with that, I'm not like a super overly analytical test person. I'm not like, let's do an ABC, blah, blah, blah. And let's get some artificial intelligence in here to follow people's mouse clicks. Like I can make it pretty simple. Like, I mean, did you sell something? Yeah. Did you make simple goals? Like what's the goal? Like you talk about that intention is my goal to get someone to sign up for a free trial. That's right. Okay. That's a win. Yeah. And you have a whole nother you know, thing to determine on the other end of that. Like some people are like, well, which marketing resulted in the most conversions from a free trial to a paid user? That might not be a fair comparison because right. they're your marketing might drive people in and then your platform might suck in a completely different part. Yeah. And, and, and you, affect that conversion rate. You're, you're exactly right. Yeah. And you know, there's simple ways you can do it too. You don't have to do these massive tests. You can just carve out 10% of your audience and say, okay, we're going to split this into two, whichever one performs better wins. And that's yeah, what yeah. we go with. Right. Yep. Um, so yeah, that, that's remember you got to keep changing and analyzing these yeah. things too. So now you're on the business and analysis side of things. So as a fractional marketing service company, you're going to help people create a plan. Yep. And possibly find people that can help them implement the plan. Is that, that, that that's exactly right. So we, we focus exclusively on what I call the business side, right? It is the the non-creative. I think that's another side of the brain. My, yeah, by the way, and you're right about that. Yeah, and that's, you know, my my degrees uh, are in finance and econ and IT management, right? So nowhere in there do you see marketing or sales. That's all been professional experience. But those worlds collide, right? When you think about the financial side of the business, understanding the business, the IT, the technology side of the business, and combined with the marketing I play at kind of the intersection of all three of those things, right? And that is, you know, that's the part that I think people tend to overlook. And then we just bring in other other companies and other partners to help us make that make that a reality from a creative standpoint. Now, here's a that's all. Those are also fractional services. Absolutely. I mean, when you start da- daisy chaining experts together, it's not the worst thing in the world, right? Um, and by the way, I mean, it's once again, some of this stuff can be pretty expensive. It's, it's difficult to get all of the, especially in an early stage business to get scenarios where you can have all the best people possible and have them full time. Right. Right. No, I mean, if you have a, if you have a big bankroll, do it. If not, (laughs) I would even challenge that. Even if you have a big bankroll, you might be overpaying 
sure. for, for certain yeah. aspects. Right? And when I say big bankroll, I mean, you're like, you're planning on having like a hundred employees. Right. Right. I mean, other than that, there's some smart ways to do it. You know, I want to actually go back to one thing before we talk about the sport of marketing. That sounds good. But there are things you, you talk about looking at marketing as an investment. Mm -hmm. um, we do that when it comes to content marketing. So we publish these articles that are whatever. And then we go back and we like the only analytic I look at are what are the top you know, we have over a hundred articles, value added articles mm -hmm. on at fullscale.io. Mm -hmm. And I go back and I look at some of them and that good old Pareto principle, that 80, 20 rule, yep. like 20% of them are 80% of the traffic. Sure. A couple of them are 25. Like there's two, I was looking at this just before you came and I, my top two articles represent 16% of all of our organic traffic. Now, over time, we've created a pretty significant amount. I think we're coming up on 20,000 organic visits. Mm -hmm. um, those are reoccurring investment properties, the yep. way that we look at them. So we look at these top articles and we go back and improve them. Mm -hmm. We'll embed podcasts or YouTube, or yep. sometimes we even make a specific video just for that particular page and topic. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of traffic, man. I have one that Absolutely. was getting like 1,500 visits. It's actually about the talent shortage. Really? Yeah. And that article has been highly linked to, like TechCrunch linked to it. No, that's awesome. And, and that, stuff like that. So that's an investment. And that's like just a base. Now, I spend literally about two minutes mm -hmm. seeing what these top articles are. And then I go look at them. And you think like, okay, this is my first impression. What am I doing with it? Right. And do you, do you do any follow on to that? Like, you know, part two, the talent shortage part two, we'll add to the, we will add to the actual article. Okay. Um, haven't done any follow on probably will. Mm -hmm. Um, on some of it, I find that if that, it, when it comes to like organic blog traffic that, um, once you have them on the page, might as well just put it there. Yeah. Yep. Like I could almost update the entire page a little bit. Now you might ruin what you've got. I don't know. Test, test, test. Right. Right. That's exactly right. Yep. So I love good acronyms. We even did a, a episode about business acronyms. Yeah. Yeah. Which is risky with Watson. Well, and, and marketing is, is king of, of acronyms. So. Well, a good acronym makes it easy to kind of remember. I mean, remember at full scale, I use the acronym rare mm -hmm. recruiting, assessing, retaining, and employing, mm -hmm. which is really what we do. Yeah, absolutely. So you like to talk about the sport of marketing. Yeah. I love that because I think marketing has a bit of a sport. Why? It's really competitive and the top players get paid. That's right. That's right. Sounds a lot like sports, doesn't it? it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. So. What's the S? So the S is strategy. Okay. Strategy. Strategy is, I think, maybe the most important aspect of marketing. And it, it's, it's first for a reason because everything else extends off the strategy. If you don't have a plan with what you're trying to do and where you're trying to go, then nothing else matters. And you are just wasting money, wasting effort, wasting time trying to make anything else work. And by the way, if you want to have Mark and his company, the Marketing Advisors Group, help you with your strategy, go to the mag.com. CO. Well, yeah, man, marketing's expensive when you get it wrong. It is. I it mean, it really is. is like you mentioned testing or trying it, like mm -hmm. carve out a little section. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's okay to like, I tippy toe into things. And then, so I always tell people my goal is I'm looking for a crack. Mm -hmm. And once I find it, I shove an elephant through it. Yeah. 
but until but I don't have elephants rounding around until I find the crack. That's right, and 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 that's really the right way to approach it. You know, yeah. it is fine, and, and you can test and see like your 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 blog posts, right? Yep. You you now are starting to gain data and information about what is relevant to your audience and what matters to them, and you can start to lean in on that and start to invest in that. And, and put more towards mm -hmm. it because that's what's ultimately going to drive people to your business. Yeah. And then like with those same articles, like, I mean, here's the thing, like with content marketing, those are like lines in fishing. You mm -hmm. throw a whole bunch of them out. It's a bigger net, however you want to look at it. Some of them are going to get a bite. Some of them aren't. That's right. Now that said, you might have one article that gets one visit that turns into a paying customer mm -hmm. that now became value more valuable than something that was highly trafficked. Well, so, and, and using that, that fishing analogy, you know, a lot of times people do just cast the nets out, right, yeah. and just hope to see something swim in. Well, that's a Super Bowl ad. It, it really or is something like that. It, I mean, it really is. And you know, versus the blog posts and the topics, those are those are the right bait, the right the right tackle to to go after the fish you're trying to go after, right. All right. What's the P? The P is processes or people. You can make either one, but really the processes are understanding the brand, understanding how your customer buys, understanding what matters to them and accommodating and, and allowing your, your business and your go-to-market to enable them to buy and make it easy to buy from you. I mean, a lot of people use a triple P in this analogy, people, product and process. Absolutely. And if you don't have, if you're not an expert at two out of those three, you're screwed. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's like really like, Pretty much the comp. I mean, you obviously want to be good at all of them, but if you're not like aces at at least two of them, yeah, you're in trouble. Yeah, if you have a bad product, you know yeah. it, that only gets you so far. You can, yeah. only, you can only outsell it so far. Yeah. Now, there are lots of documented history of the inferior product winning due to better marketing. Absolutely. Look at Sony and the, the yeah. Max. Yeah, and I mean VHS, that's always right? the common one, right, that, right? You know, like that people use, but but it's true. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't focus on your on your product because obviously that's what's centric. Now, having people that don't get it done. I mean, this is like the idea of having a great marketing team and your sales team sucks. Mm -hmm. You like tee yes. it up, and you're yeah. like, here you go. Yeah. It's like taking my three-year-old to play golf and expecting them to shoot under par especially when you, you know? give them nice clubs and nice oh yeah shoes. we got him callaways and like everything <laughs> he's got the big bertha right, I mean, right, it's right. taller than he is it, it, it's all there for you but, but you and you're it? like hey dude it's on the tee <laughs> knock it out of the park um so one of the things that i would i would put on your processes too is and i just recently did this is you got to examine that proverbial funnel Mm -hmm. Like you have landing pages or you have whatever, like where are, what are you processing people into? Like, mm -hmm. where does that, and that's, that's a strategy thing too. It it's is. like, where are you sending people? Like a lot of times, and I even spotted some instances of this in the full scale blog and we went back and fixed it. Um, it's just like talking about, Hey, do you want to talk to us about our services and then directing someone to our homepage? Yeah. Not our contact page. Right. How about, you know, like. Put people right in front, take steps out of the process, remove obstacles between the cash register mm -hmm. and your and your buyers, and you will find it's better. Yeah, it's just reducing the friction. Giving, yeah. you know, putting yourself into their shoes to say, hey, if I were at this point in their buying process, what would I want to find out right now? Right, and also think about it. If you were at a store and you were just trying to buy something simple and you couldn't find the cash register... Right. You're like, and I've been in places like that. Right. I'm like, where the fuck do I buy something here? And I've put stuff down. 
Like, yeah. I mean, I've gone through that and I used to be in retail. So I got, uh, you know, I managed a chain of retail stores and some of these things too. It's like you make it easy for people to buy things and they will. Why do you think all that crap is by the cash register yeah. in places that get that? Absolutely. Okay. Oh, O is operations or optimization. So from an operation standpoint, it's really understanding who needs to be in the boat with you and what role they have and how are we measuring, how are we tracking, how are we responding, how are we deciding. It, it, it kind of ties in with the P a little bit, yeah. but it's really more, think of it as the- Yeah, but it, it does and it doesn't. Like the ops part, you can have a great product you can have great marketing, you can make the sale, and then you can totally lose it. Absolutely. After. I mean, and I say totally lose it like quick. And, and it is like delivering things like four days after you said you would or right. like, I don't know, just goofy, goofy stuff. Well, and you know, when I look, when I talk to companies, I talk about their, talk to them about their marketing teams. This is usually the one position that I recommend that they put in place is somebody who runs their marketing ops, their revenue ops, somebody who is responsible for making sure the machine is running correctly. Right. You know, and, it's, and that's it's, tough to do. By the way, it's never going to run perfect. It's never, it never is. And yeah. that's why you need somebody yeah. managing it so yeah. that it's, so that you don't throw a piston when you, when you shouldn't. Man, this is a lot of stuff. I got to do a lot of things to be successful. <laughs> you don't have to do it all. I thought you it was, I thought I was just going to like show up and like start a startup. And like, if I build it, they would all show up. They would buy people would have cash in hand. They, yeah. they, no complaints. Yeah. Everything was going to go well. Well, and you know, you know this is a lot more work than I thought it was going to be. There is a lot of work involved. And I you, think I'm just going to quit. You, no, I wouldn't do that. No, oh. don't do that. But add value. But well, yeah, there's that. But if I get it right, then the R yeah. will happen, right? So R is revenue generation. Do you see what I did there? Yeah, you that, like that? that was a great segue. That was fantastic. <laughs> I didn't realize I was doing it till I did it. Yeah, yeah. Because like, so, hey. I didn't have any strategy or a plan. <laughs> there was really no intention, and then I was like, "Hey, maybe I can get this back on track." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, that's a good point, though. You can get things back on track. I think a lot of things that on the way to creating revenue, a lot of these things are simple solutions, and I don't think you need to overthink them. That's that's exactly right. And I think you know part of it is with the intent, with being able to manage it, and and having a focus on it. You don't have to overinvest. You can yeah. you can right the ship really quick if you are paying attention. Right. Yeah, and remember, nothing happens until you make a sale. That, that's exactly right. I mean, I said that to so many different people. They're like, well, blah, 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 and all this and all that. And I'm like, yeah, let's sell something. You know, it, uh, let's sell something and then you will find where your priorities exist after you start selling stuff. Yeah. And you got to always be looking to improve it. So two things on that point. I had a, a friend of mine tell me one time, until you get and convince somebody to exchange their money for your product or service, you don't have anything. You don't have a business. You don't have anything. No, right? you have an idea. Yeah. And, and you know, it, uh, now I lost my second point, so I'll come back to that later. I'll yeah. See, so you gotta, you gotta disguise that I know. and, I know. and then find a clever way. This is why we have these acronyms, Mark. You gotta segue it. You know, the acronyms really just there to keep old people like us on track. That's right. As we That's get right. forgetful. But all right. So, you know, when it comes to revenue, I, I you know, sales cure sales. Mm -hmm. It does. I mean, this is an old, the, I did not invent that phrase. It's mm -hmm. been around since I ever knew it. Um, and, and I'm not kidding. As if you find a way to drive sales, you are going to really realize where your real priorities exist. Mm -hmm. And nothing smooths out the process than selling more because you keep it coming down the pipeline. You keep it coming down you know, the pipeline. You figure out where the things are now when it comes to revenue and operations and your processes. So I've done some things. Um, 
and I'm not saying that like this is me, but you, we've, you've probably seen The Prophet with Marcus Lemonis. I have not. He goes. I, he goes I, in I and he it, goes in and fixes businesses that have promise, but are somehow way off track. Mm-hmm. And at one point, I did that. For, I've done that for mm-hmm. a few different businesses and done so effectively. Now, when it comes to processes and all the revenue and the ops and everything. It's really easy in a lot of businesses to figure out where they're flailing. Yep. Look at where everything stops. Yeah. It's like a dam. It, that's like, exactly just right. Just go look at where things are stalled, mm-hmm. figure out how to fix that, and then step back and see where that happens again. So, you know, if you sell a product and it's something you deliver, like what part of your supply chain, like, and, you know, it could be something simple, like, it takes way too long to make shipping labels mm-hmm. and that's causing like all these things yes, to yes, kind of pile yes. up and you're like, now you're behind. And it's like, there might be a simple solution, like printing them in batches mm-hmm. rather than one by one. And I'm just making stuff up as we go, but these are simple oh, things exactly too. Right. And, and another thing too is, and this will kind of go into the T, which is technology. Okay. So technology is your friend. Mm-hmm. It exists for a reason. But sometimes there's little things like, for example, how you collect data. Mm -hmm. Is this data that your users, your buyers, or someone have already entered that just isn't coming, isn't repopulating? Like, are you redundant Mm -hmm. in your need to continue? All right. So we go back to the shipping label example. Mm -hmm. So uh, an early stage business that sells a product might have someone creating these shipping labels and they type them in and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Like a little bit of technology, you could probably just feed that into whatever you're using to ship and boom. Absolutely. Or export it into a spreadsheet for today's deliveries Mm -hmm. and upload it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that still works. That does. I mean, not everything requires an API and an integration. Um, And then a lot of things too is sometimes just, all right, so, and I, you know, like you look at things like Shopify. Mm Mm-hmm. Dude, it exists for a reason because you can literally start to automate some of these Absolutely. things because they realize that these are pain points with different stuff. So, you know, you have to explore your own tech a yeah. little bit. And, and by the way, no one was an expert on any of that stuff until they sat down and figured it out. Right. And, you know, I think one of the challenges that the market has is that there is so much tech out there, right? If you ever spend any time um, doing research on marketing. Well, especially tech, when it comes to marketing. Yes. There's... It, it, Scott Brinker, who is the chief MarTech, he has a, a, an annual graphic that he produces that shows 7,100 different companies provide solutions into marketing, right? Yeah. So who are the best salespeople? That's it? Yeah. Well, that sounds low. It, it's identified, right? I was going to say, that sounds way low. <laughs> I think marketing companies and marketing technology, don't take this the wrong way, they're no. about as plentiful as stars in the sky. They are. No, they're, they're exactly right. Yeah. And that's the biggest challenge for And everyone's claiming to be an expert. Yes. Oh, my God. They're yes. all experts. By yes. the way, take 90% of them. They're just reselling a white level solution. Mm-hmm. Not good. Well, and it is. it is... I don't, I could go on and on about this stuff, you know, and many times though, what happens is these technology companies, especially the bigger ones have phenomenal salespeople and they will come in and they will tell you everything oh, yeah. you can do. They will sell you a Ferrari to drive across the street and you are, I'd buying, be okay with that. You're buying, you're buying it. You're buying it though on the, on the, on the, the dream of what's going to happen. And the problem is you're letting that T come first. Remember I said the yeah. S comes first, you're letting the, t- the technology drive how you operate. And that's, absolutely the wrong way to go about this whole process. Yeah. And there's, and by the way, the same way I mentioned all these different marketing companies, 
there are that many other tactics and approaches. Absolutely. And, you know, really the only one that's right is the one that gives you results. That's right. Now, some of them are trade-offs. Now, CPC, Google Ads, cost per click. I I refer to these as being like crack. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. (laughs) Because they get you high Mm -hmm. and leave you wanting more. That's right. And that is pretty much the definition of crack. Um, oh, and it's expensive. Mm-hmm. And so it can be real expensive if you don't know what you're doing. R- crack or marketing? Yes. Both. Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> I guess that's probably true. So, but that's part of the strategy and the understanding. So, I mean, and some of these things are going to be a trade off now. And I know we're supposed to be talking about the tech side of things, but this is important to remember is. You can automate some things, but if you don't have a strategy, like people ask me a lot when they talk, they're like, well, I'd like to automate my testing process for my website. I'm like, cool. Do you have any test cases? No. What does that mean? (laughs) You can't automate something that you don't under have any kind of provision around manually. You have to be, you have to get a basic idea of it. Now that said, you can start daisy chaining these solutions together. Mm-hmm. Is this the kind of tech you're talking about or do you have something can, else in mind? It can be, right? And it, I think it ultimately, once you have your processes figured out and you figure out what, what it is you do and what the customer experience is and who you are as a brand and as a company, yeah. then you pick the tech that works best to help you automate that, to yep. enhance it, <clears throat> to, to make your brand you know, bigger to make it, to make it bolder. Um, but you don't lead with that because then you're just, you're, you're reinventing your company because of the tech you purchased. Yeah. And it's back to that, like kind of that daisy chain. So it's been a while since I've been in this business, but when we owned it, we owned a ticket business mm-hmm. for a while. And literally as a, over a three year period, we doubled our sales and we cut the amount of manpower we needed. Yeah. It, well, it stayed the same. Mm-hmm. which is literally us defining scalability now. So yep. we had the same number of people, but we doubled our sales. Now we were just as busy th- in the first of a three year period out of that, mm-hmm. but we figured out how to do it better. And you look yep. at little things like our sales went up, which meant deliveries went up, which meant all these different things went up, mm-hmm. but we just continued to figure out how to make them automatic. Yes. And I have never been like, I love strategy, but I write it on the back of a scrap paper. Mm-hmm. I don't like wireframe shit. No, it doesn't have to be that complicated. No, right? it, it just... can literally just be simple, but it's about figuring out where you can save time and where you can save effort and where you can save money. Um, my friend, Blake Miller, who's the founder of mm-hmm. Homebase, you know, Blake? Sure. So Blake will talk about time arbitrage, yep. which is what Homebase.ai does. For example... He, you know, he told the story. It's like a maintenance guy will go to the apartment. He spends just as much time picking up a key and taking it back, actually usually more yep. than whatever he does inside the building. Yes. So if you could just unlock the door for the guy when he gets there, like you just look, look at that. You save two thirds yeah. of the time it's in traverse the process. Costs. Yeah. So, yep. you know, you can keep an eye on that. Now, I think we're in a golden age of automation and technology. You have things like Zapier, mm-hmm. which will help you. I mean, they make it seem a little easier than it is yep. with some stuff, but for the most part, it's pretty. Well, yeah, they have they, they call it like lightning zaps or something like or where they yeah. I forget what they're called. Yeah, and then like and, d- and then people can build their own too. Yep. Like Gigabook is uh, uh, Gigabook, which is one of the well, I was the founder of that, and Fullscale owns it now. But we were named one of Zapier's top booking platforms. That's great for this year, and 
with that, I, I, I don't spend a whole lot of time on Gigabook, but I went and actually logged into Zapier and looked at it mm-hmm. and like users had created all kinds of different apps and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. And that was them because we made it available in there and then they could build their own stuff. It was, and, mm-hmm. and that's the whole thing is they have to, you make a simple walkthrough. Yeah. Cause if yep. you needed a programmer to always use Zapier, Zapier wouldn't be. That's right. It yeah. needs to be citizen developers, right? People yeah. who, who can sit down at a computer and who have some, <clears throat> excuse me, technology acumen. That's just, can you click a mouse? That's right. It's basically. Are what you it logical is. in your yeah, thought yeah, process? Yeah. yeah. And, and by the way, the, if you haven't heard of Zapier, dot com. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a great way to daisy chain a lot of things together. It is. So, and that's the thing is we mentioned the T in technology and the sport of marketing, but I mean, oh man, there were 7,200 platforms. And that yeah. was why we ended up focusing our efforts on integrate for Gigabook on, on Zapier because we're like, okay, because people would, they get in the support, the support window and mm-hmm. they're like, do you integrate with whatever and you're like not only do we not integrate with that i have never heard of it yeah yes and that's going to be what 95 percent of those inquiries are so yes. you can find some ways like i mean that is a free service yeah and you can have an upgrade if you want to use more of it but it'll help you automate a lot of different things there's a lot of ways to bring efficiency to your business and your marketing process at the same time. And I think, you know, one trick for for folks who are looking to get dip their toes into the technology world is find a platform that is pretty extensible, right? So find your core platform and build off of that, right? So whether it's a, a you know, a CRM. And don't be afraid to change if you realize the one that you're building around sucks. sucks. Yes, I agree. It's, it's tough. And these things are like sticky because you start getting busy and yes. you're like, I don't have time to do this. But when I mentioned like, by the way, I, the most efficient business I've ever been a part of was the ticket business that we owned. Yep. Like it was shocking how automated we made it. That's great. I mean, it was really, really, really awesome. And I'm really proud of that. But there were a couple of times. So my wife worked there. My wife is not one to like change. <laughs> and she basically did. She was in charge of all the delivery stuff. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, don't move Jill's cheese. <laughs> but there was a couple times when I looked at things and I was like, oh man, okay. Yeah. I'm going to have to tell Jill we're going to have to change something. And you know, people <laughs> that do processes like that, yeah. and she's not my same personality type, like they just like don't change it. Yeah. Cause, but the Cause, thing Because it works. Because it works. Well, and, it was working, mind, yeah. but it was flawed. Yes. So we had to do stuff. And then, you know, what happens is sometimes you're going to disrupt the, the, the hen house or mm-hmm. whatever. And you hear roosters cackling and running and all this yeah. crazy yeah. stuff going on. And then it calms down. Mm hmm. And you're like, oh, wow, that is better. And mm-hmm. it, there were a couple of times that I can think about going back to that. And, you know, like later it was like, oh, wow, I'm so glad. Because the thing is, is really if you have to sell change to the people in your organization, say, hey, look, this is about making your life a little easier yeah. or freeing you up to do something else. Mm-hmm. If you have limited resources back to the whole concept of fractional. Yep. Like get someone to come in and create a plan. Yeah. You know, but part of the goal is my job and our company's job is to work ourselves out of a job, you know, is to go in there, show them a better way, and then slowly step back and say, you got this now. Right. People ask me, they're like, do you want to run full scale for a long time? I'm until I find someone that can do it better than I do. And yeah. I'll give them the job. Yeah. If you're listening, please apply. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. Apply early and often. Yeah. I mean, I, I really am. So, 
All right. Well, and here we are at the end of the episode, so we're going to bounce right into this, but uh, we like to close the episode out with what we call the Founders Freestyle. All right. So you can really kind of go wherever you want. All right. I'm just going to give it right to you because I don't think you're afraid. I'm not afraid. I don't well, know what I'm going to say, but we'll, we'll go on this journey. Now nah, you can make it up. Yeah, we'll do. Uh, so my, my one thing that I would say to anybody who's listening is uh, as you're embarking on the, the marketing journey, know that uh, there's so many things you can do and so many things you don't have to do. And there's so much money you can spend and so much money you don't have to spend. The, the, there's an opportunity to be smart and there's an opportunity to get high return for the, every dollar you invest. And I would challenge you to look for those opportunities. And if you don't have the knowledge and it's okay if you don't, seek, seek somebody who can help you out. Right. I mean, that's, that's why we're in business. Um, it, it's our goal is to, to help companies grow and to, to make them better companies. No, I hear you. It's, it's interesting because I've actually, um, done some consulting in the past mm -hmm. and sometimes, you know, like you gotta, you gotta kind of like get ready for the fact that some people are just going to have sticker shock. Yep. I'm five grand a day. Yeah. That's I, how much it costs. I'm giving you a time cause I don't, I work 10 hour days. Yeah. And, and it's and an, and it's that's an what I'm going to charge. Yeah. You have opportunity but, costs for other stuff you could be doing, but what could 10 hours of, of targeted focus do? And what could that change? And think about, it's not about like the expense up front. It's, do you save money, heartache? And by the way, these things are really, 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 really hard to wrap your arms around the ROI Yeah, because you may have avoided the pitfall. Yes. And that's yes. the whole issue. Yes. Yes. Like, I mean, it is. So like, if you're like, well, what's our ROI on hiring that consultant? And by the way, like big, big companies, they will hire like 15 consultants just so they can pick which one of the 15 solution Absolutely. they like the best. And maybe they'll mush some of them together or whatever. Absolutely. Like, I mean, this is the way it goes. Now with what I just mentioned, let's say you hired 15 top experts, five grand a day. Mm-hmm to create your marketing strategy, your plan, you went like, this isn't super fractional. You bought all the pieces to the puzzle to see yep. if you could fit them together. You spent 75 grand. Mm -hmm. That is probably about half. And this is 15 top people with like a yes. fully structured plan that they're going to give to you. That is actually way less expensive than you would pay someone to be full-time. That's right. Absolutely. Right. That's exactly right. So if you get anything out of that and that's, there's a reason that these big companies do this. Yeah. So I like companies like that. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> well, sure. I bet you do. Yeah. I bet you do. And, and the funny thing is, is also if you're a consultant, jack your price up. Because yeah. if you come back and you're like, yeah, I'm like a thousand bucks a day, they're going to be like, oh, interestingly, well, it's, I've, it's, I've gotten that, that advice from my customers multiple times. Isn't it weird? Yeah. Yeah. They're like, there's a perception, like if it costs more, it's better. So yep. yeah, I'm now a million dollars a day. <laughs> I don't even do that stuff anymore, man. I don't even have time. Yeah. No, I get People it. Like, why wouldn't you want to do something for that? I'm like, cause I value my own when you're services that I'm providing for ourselves and you're at, you're at a point in your life too, right? I mean, there's works one thing, but your life is another thing and there is certain balance, whatever your balance is, right. You're trying to find and it, it all changes, right. And your well, priorities change. Yeah. And so, and I'll go ahead and close out. So, um, with my freestyle, Hey, look, there's a lot of different ways to sell stuff. There's a lot of different ways to market stuff. Um, you got to test, test, test. I mentioned that earlier. Um, bring some experts in. You can go to the mag.co and get some input from them. Um, you know, you got to find the the mix that works for you. And while it's easy to want to hire the best people full time, 
for your business, you can still revisit that later. Hire a bunch of fractional people, figure out what you need because it's easy to hire people and then quickly realize, A, I don't have the right person or B, maybe I didn't need quite as much of this as I thought I did. Mm -hmm. Now, when it comes to sales, don't get cheap. Don't get cheap. I'm a top salesperson. I get it. I know what I'm worth. I'm not coming to work for you for minimum wage. Mm -hmm. It's just it. Like that's it. And top salespeople get paid top money for a reason. It's because when you bring the bags of gold back to the castle, you're valuable. Absolutely. So, you know, when it comes to marketing, look at all the things that, that, have been marketed well. I look at something like MailChimp. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with it. They literally like, they had a great, they're like, every time they referred to themselves for a while, they did it wrong. They'd be like, go to snail wimp (laughs) for all of your marketing needs. Now, at first, someone probably looked at that and they were like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And then someone was like, "Eh, it might not be. Yeah. So they probably tested it Mm -hmm. on a very small scale before they openly acknowledged it works. We, well, no, we are like, <laughs> you know, I mean, they they had a whole bunch of them, but the thing was, is it got people thinking about it. It got their attention sure. in a very, very noisy world of marketing. Mm-hmm. Keep it simple, be able to pass that flashcard test, scroll past your own ad, do whatever. How much does it stand out? Like you are better, like, okay, when it comes to the minor, 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 minor amount of marketing we've done for this podcast, there is one ad that has literally crushed 20 others that we tried. Has the Startup Hustle logo. Mm -hmm. It has a little stack cash down in the corners and it says a podcast for entrepreneurs. That's awesome. It's what else do I need to tell you yeah. in the ad? That's what this is. Yeah. And it has performed. It, it honestly, it's double it, that particular iteration. And I've tried to expand. I've tried yeah. to put more little logos in it and like, yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't work. It's that simple. People click on it. And if you are listening because you saw that, then you are verify that it got your attention. Yes. So there's a reason that things like Instagram bitch at you when they're like, you have too much text and pictures and stuff like that. It's because it's not simple. Yes. So anyway, I'm going to keep it simple and get back to trying to sell stuff. Are you okay with that? (laughs) That sounds good. I'll do the same. See y'all next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCarsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.